Welcome to Convos from the Couch by Life Stance Health, where leading mental health professionals help guide you on your journey to a healthier, more fulfilling life. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Convos from the Couch by Life Stance Health. I'm Nicolette Lianza, and on today's episode, I'll be talking with Anthony Catullo, my colleague from our own Life Stance Independence Ohio office, and we'll be talking about some common parenting challenges. So welcome, Anthony. Great to have you back on. Yes, thank you. I'm happy to be back. Good. I know Father's Day is coming up. So this is a great conversation to be having as we're talking about parenting because parenting can be difficult at any age. Yes. So I look forward to our conversation as you give parents some great tips on how to handle these challenges. Sure. Even though you've been on before, let's have you tell us a little bit more about yourself. Yeah. I'm Anthony Cajullo. I'm a licensed professional clinical counselor working at Life Science and Independence. I have a three-year-old and a one-year-old. I'm married, all the good stuff. A lot of these tips are things that I try to incorporate myself try and fail sometimes, but these are good things to have kind of in your pocket for when tantrums happen. And We're at the opposite end of the parenting scale <laughs> of you have young ones, I have older ones. So yeah. it's interesting that even the differences of how you parent when your kids are young versus when they're older. So yes. I'm sure we'll be chatting about that too. <laughs> yeah. So what are some of the most common parenting challenges? In my practice, clients that I treat and they come in and the issues are relating to parenting and whatnot. One of the big ones that I come across a lot is parenting on the same page. So having both parents yeah. communicating openly, knowing, okay, we're going to fight this battle and we're not going to fight these battles. And having consistent answers across the board so that one child doesn't start to favor one parent over the other. That's so such a, right. That's such a big one. I think that's one of the most common challenges that yes. like you're saying. Oh, yeah. A kid will know that, hey, maybe this parent will say yes to this thing more than the other. So then we'll split and we'll go, or go more towards that parent to get that answer. Yeah, absolutely. And I also think that sometimes, depending on the background of how people are raised, they try to incorporate some of their own experiences with their parents. And sometimes it doesn't agree with their partner. And so you might run into differences there as well. One of the other big ones that I run into is parents that feel inadequate. So in reality, they're doing a lot of stuff. They're doing X, Y, and Z for their kids, trying to be the best that they can. And at the end of the day, they still feel like they're not doing enough. And really that's a difficult thing because as parents, we want to try to give our hearts and souls and try to do everything for our kids. And sometimes it rears its ugly head of, oh, Maybe I'm not doing a good job. I think I see a lot of that in what I've come <clears throat> to call it. Not that I'm coining the term, but just parental guilt. Am I spending enough yeah. time? Am I yep. doing enough? Just like you're saying. So oh, yeah. I think if you're already, I think for some people, if one of their own issues just in general is not feeling enough in their life in general, I think that's also going to play out in their parenting too, what that's also like a nagging, nagging core belief they might have, just oh, the inadequacy. For sure. You know? Yeah. So, you know. It wears its ugly head yes. in a lot of areas. Yes, right? yes, it does. <laughs> and uh, one other one real yeah, quick, yeah, I would please. say is, uh, you know, uh, sometimes parents struggle to say no because they don't want to feel yeah. the bad guy right. playing off that parental guilt. Sometimes the answer is no. So with answering no, I find that some parents would just like, because I said so, just no. Mm-hmm. Do you find that's helpful? Is that not helpful? Should parents be giving more of a reason why they're saying no? Yeah, I'm a big proponent of no and. And what that concept 
at least for me, is let's say hypothetically your child wants to go to the playground. So you're like, oh, can we go to the playground? However, we either have plans already or maybe it's closer to bedtime or dinner time or something like that. Some parents go the route of no, and the answer is no, and because I said so. And maybe that comes from their own experience of being raised. They were never given the explanation of why it was a no. And so I never got an explanation. So why does my child need an explanation? It's helpful, right? Because if you explain why it's a no, then the child can process it better, which then helps them either calm down about the answer, or it can just lead to, okay, I guess we can do it another time. And then you move on to the next thing. So the no and would be something along the lines of, oh, me too, buddy. I really want to go, but right now it's dinner time. And then, then we have bath and bedtime. How about we try going tomorrow? So you offer like another compromise. Yes. And more often than not, but none of these things are like foolproof. The success rate can vary depending on the day, depending on what's going on. But these are things that can be helpful with the no, no and. Oh, that's great. Love Mm -hmm. that. I know with some of my own clients who are parents, they're very worried about parenting how they were parented. And I know some feedback I'll share with them is that I, I think we sometimes will by default parent how maybe we were parented unless we recognize we did not like how we were parented. And so then we make this considered effort to change that. Correct. Do you find the same for your own parenting yeah. or parents that you work with? Yeah, for my own parenting, there were things that were really helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, nothing's all good or all but, bad. Of course. Uh, but there were things that, that I was raised with that I adjusted. Good word, adjusted. Just to better impact, I guess, my kids' experience. And then I find with clients that are parents that kind of struggle with this, it's either they do what they were taught or they go so hard the other way. Ooh, and a lot yeah. of times that's where you see the struggles with setting limits, boundaries, yeah, and being the bad guy. Yeah. When really you're just, you're setting limits. You're being the parent. You're being right? the parent. Yeah. Such a key point. So can you give us some other tips? You already gave us the no and, but what are some other tips for parents and how to deal with these challenges? Yeah, absolutely. Parental checking. Okay. Normally, if I see couples or I guess in general, if it's like a relationship type of issue, this also applies to parenting. I do offer the suggestion of having a sit down time, talk time. For the purposes of parents, it would be like a parent checking. So the purpose of this is to sit down and review what went on that day, what is helpful, what did we do that we liked, what did we do that we thought was effective, what are some things that we thought, yeah, maybe we could have handled that better. Then there's also really coming around to an agreement of, or a compromise of what battles are we always going to fight and what battles are we just not fighting right now. And that will adjust over time as the kids age and mature and develop. So having that time really can help couples get on the same page as far as parenting goes or for other relationship issues that come up as well. Sounds like it's all about communication, right? Oh, yeah. Taking the time to just communicate about yeah, it. Yeah, because a lot of difficulties come from unexpressed expectations. Mm-hmm. Tell us more right. about that. Unexpressed <laughs> well, sometimes in, in relationships, we expect our partner to just know what we want. <laughs> uh, we expect them to be a mind reader, which is not accurate. It's just not. Even couples that have been together a long time and they know everything about each other, it's still not a foregone conclusion that I always know what he wants. So if we state our expectations, then our partner can have the opportunity to live up to those expectations or to follow through. That's a give and take there. The other other helpful tip would be 
if people are open to it, obviously couples or marriage counseling is a big one for parenting. Mm -hmm. Just having a non-biased party. Yeah. One of us. Yeah. Given that feedback of, oh, okay, I hear what you guys are saying with your child and what you're doing. Have you guys thought about it this or have you guys tried Offering this? other options, right. ideas. Yeah, just different perspectives. One of the biggest things that I'm really big on is model. Modeling is huge for parents. It seems pretty simple, right? But it's easy to forget, or at least it is for me. But I try to be really big on it. And so if I find myself getting frustrated with a tantrum, I try to try to pull myself out of it and just ask myself, okay, what is helpful for my child right now? They can tell I'm frustrated. I might be huffing and puffing. I might look upset. So part of what is helpful is just being a little bit of an over actor in that moment. So I'm going to take five deep breaths, right? And then I do the five deep breaths. I count out loud to five. And then I might say something along the lines of, ah, now I feel calm, right? Now, obviously this is for younger children, but it does give them that script for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And so later on in the day, if they become upset or they're having a tantrum or whatnot, we can also apply. Hey, remember earlier when I was upset, mm -hmm. I took five deep breaths and I counted to five. Why don't we try that? More often than not, they might even throw in that last part of, ah, now I feel calm. And then they kind of go from there. No, that's so good. The idea of kind of role modeling, our kids are looking up to us, whether we even realize and observing what we're doing. So if you're someone who does get easily frustrated and you're like throwing things around and slamming things around, and then you wonder why your child is doing that, yes. it's, it's that's role modeling. Oh, yeah, so absolutely. Being more mindful, role modeling, positive ways to navigate frustrations or yes. anger, or just difficult emotions. Yeah, right? absolutely. Great tip. Yeah. Great tip. So what are the most important things for parents to remember when raising their children? It's a good question. I, I think it's absolutely important. It's an imperative that children feel safe mm -hmm. and loved. Our duty as parents, our responsibility is to provide a loving, safe environment. Ideally, our job is just to love them the best that we can. And keeping in mind that whole concept of that, that quote, this too shall pass. Mm -hmm. It's like a double-edged sword there or twofold. On one end, if they're having a tantrum or if it's a difficult parenting day, you know, it is important to remember it's not always going to be like this. Right. They're going right. to continue to mature. And then guess what? You're going to miss some of these. Very true. And then the other part of it is, is this tantrum going to matter in 50 minutes? Is it's it going right. to be important right. in the next hour? And the big thing there is, if I'm emotionally activated, why am I emotionally activated? Why am I dysregulated when my child is having a tantrum mm -hmm. or there's a power struggle or something like that? And one of the, one of the things to keep in mind there would be asking yourself just that, right? Why am I upset about this? Is it because I feel rushed? Is it because my child's not listening to what I'm saying or doing it the way that I want them to? Or was this how I was raised? And so I wasn't allowed to say no. So my child can't say no, right? And so trying to think of it like that, it can be really powerful and check yourself. So that you can be more mindful and more present in the moment of, it's not about me, it's about what my child needs. Oh, that's such a key point right there. I think the insight to just stop and check in with yourself. Yeah. So then you can be better there and present for your child because it is about them, what you need to provide to them and stuff like that. Oh so. yeah. Oh yeah. I heard a quote once and forgive me because I can't remember where I heard it or read it, but essentially the quote goes, the second you have your first child, you become the past. Oh, wow. Right. And so that really resonated with wow, me. Wow, that's really good. Yeah. 
Yeah, huh. I wish I could remember where I, I read it <laughs> or heard it. But yeah, when I did hear it, that really resonated because it helps me prioritize. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean I don't take care of myself or do self-care and right. make sure that like, I'm on top of my stuff. But when I have the dad hat on, it's dad stuff. What does my child need? How can I be helpful? How can I love them as best as I can? That's the key right there. Yeah. Which takes us to a, I think a really important question of what can parents do to help support their children's mental health? Yeah. So support their children's mental health. I think it, that varies depending on age. That's a key part. I think yeah. that helping parents understand developmental ages matter. Oh yeah, absolutely. Parenting. How to support mental health can look a little bit different for little kids versus teenagers. I would say the big thing in either scenario, being present and validating what their emotions are, right? If you create a space where they feel comfortable sharing how they feel and they feel heard, Mm -hmm. then they feel seen. And that's all the support really a lot of us need. And if we get that, then that box is checked and I feel, I feel better. I feel a little bit lighter. If that's as with teenagers, that's not always the case. They might be more guarded with their emotions or whatnot. And so the big thing there for me would be just being present, even if it's not, and that doesn't mean dragging or pulling stuff out of them, forcing them Mm -hmm. to talk. It just means being there. And even the simple phrase of, Hey, it seems like you're going through a rough time right now. Just so you know, if you did want to talk about it, I am here. And then just being there, being present. To be there. It's huge. It has such an impact. Jump back real quick to the validation part, or actually what you're emphasizing is the validation part. I know for a lot of my own clients in what they had to navigate in their own childhoods is that feeling of being invalidated with their emotions. And so I just want to emphasize how important it is to validate our children's emotional experiences. Something simple like, your son falls down, scrapes his knee, and he's crying. No, the messages we then give to... Don't cry. Don't cry. Get right? over it. Yeah, right? exactly. It's not and that big of a deal. That's all invalidating yes. his experiences. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm big on invalidation. I could talk for days about it. The key things there are messages like that, right? The messages that we receive when we're younger, you need to deal with it. It's not that big of a deal. We don't talk about these things. Anything that's along those lines, eventually... Those comments, those statements, they evolve into my stuff doesn't matter. Yes. I'm not going to cry, right? It mm-hmm. starts to become more of our own self-invalidation. Yeah. And that's not good. And that goes <laughs> back to, I think, what we were just, when we were starting our conversation of like our own core beliefs of if we're feeling inadequate, that is rooted in feeling invalidated yes, too. Absolutely. So we definitely loop that all around. Yeah. <laughs> Any other key takeaways you'd like to share? Yeah, we just say to the parents out there, it's absolutely worth it. And the motto is one day at a time. Yeah. Yeah. Every day is its new challenge or its own challenge. Just trying the best that you can. It's all we can do, right? (laughs) Thank you, Anthony. Appreciate all the tips you shared. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I'd also like to thank the team behind the podcast, Jason Clayton, Juliana Whitten, and Chris Kelman. With a special thanks to Jason Clayton for editing our episodes. Take care, everyone.